Welcome to the PT Graduate Podcast. I'm Rich Ellis, and I interview people from the health and fitness industry to find out more about their role, get some inspiration, motivation, and also have an understanding of how to get into this industry, but not only get in, but stay in and flourish in this amazing industry. Let's get on with the show. Okay, we are live. Welcome to the PT Graduate and my guest today, Emma Goldstraw. Thanks so much for um, to coming on and, and giving me a bit of your time today, Emma. Great to see you. Thanks for having me, Rich. Cool. So you're now based in Tauranga, sunny Tauranga. And yep. you were, uh, you were, sorry, and you were Auckland before that? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so moved uh, in June last year. So been cool. here almost, cool. almost a year now. And um, and what t- talk to me before um, before that? So how long had you been in Auckland uh, doing what you're doing? Uh, since 2015, 16. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool. That's at that same studio in the city, um, Imagine Fitness. Imagine. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. With James. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, what got you into the industry? How? What was your pathway in? And uh, give us the background. Okay. Um, so for me, I just had a big change of lifestyle myself. I started attending a boot camp and just taking a bit more interest in my own um, fitness, I guess, at the time, mm. and got a bit obsessed. And uh, one thing led to another. And I decided to, on a whim, really, just to study the PT course at AUT in Auckland. Yep. Yep. And it kind of spiraled from there yeah, very happily. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So what had you been doing prior? What was your previous career? Because there's a number of us who uh, changed careers and got into this industry, aren't there? Um, so mine was completely the opposite, completely unhealthy. Lots of food, <laughs> lots of booze, lots of late nights, yeah. lots of crazy people. I was managing yeah. bars and restaurants Ooh. for, say, 15 years or so. Right. So that was right. quite a different yeah 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 and and i guess you know that just being in that environment i imagine would have would have taken its toll on your health even from just the hours you work point of view yeah just let's take away all like the food and the drink and stuff like that but just the hours you work because you can sometimes you know finish ridiculous times in the morning and then you don't relax until three o'clock in the morning and then you sleep Ooh. all day and you're, yeah. you just get totally out of sync with your sleep so yeah. yeah you're always not not feeling optimal anyway sure yeah and so had you kind of, I mean, obviously you'd started taking care of yourself and was that as a result of getting to that point where you thought, oh, this isn't, this isn't working for me from a health point of view? Yeah, I think it was just, just not feeling that happy, um, having a few depression bouts mm. and just kind of wanting to change. And then I also stopped, I cut alcohol out completely. Mm. And then um, just having spent 15 years in the industry and being surrounded by people, drunk people that whole time, um, not, not. Yeah. the whole time but pretty yeah, much yeah. dealing with people like that um I just kind of just had enough had enough of it and wanted to yeah do something a little bit more um wholesome and a little bit more healthy mm. for me with normal hours and weekends off and things like that nice nice so is that sort of a a creed though that you live by now is that um you try not to work the weekends but you uh, you fit it all into the working week yeah I don't I don't work weekends that's yeah. my um yeah, nice. my thing my ideal week and so yeah Obviously, when I started being a PT, the sensible hours and stuff kind of went completely out of whack because you just, yeah, you end up working too much. So yeah. I've kind of clawed that back um, since then. So that was a learning curve. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really is a learning curve, isn't it? I imagine, I imagine there's lots of things that you have kind of picked up along the way through that experience that's really useful for your clients now. You know, you talked about bouts of depression and, and how you realized, you know, you made the connection with 
what was going on in your lifestyle. Pretty, pretty um, horrible things at the time, but really valuable lessons, right? In terms of when you're helping your clients. Yeah, definitely. Because people do like it when you speak from experience or when you kind of meet them where they're at and which is one of my kind of main things. Yeah. Um, so when they see that you've kind of struggled and come through things and you've tried and failed like heaps mm. of things and you're actually just trying to help them succeed more quickly than say yourself did, then they they resonate with that. So yeah, yeah everything, all, all experience is good experience, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, there's, there's never failure, right? There's just learning. Yeah. yeah. As someone once wisely said, so so um, total health, Emma G, total health. Tell us a bit more about your brand and so where that came from and, and who you work with. Um, I started just with the name Emma G, total health, and I kind of I still kind of use them both interchangeably. Yeah. Um, and then changed to um, total health. I'm yeah. probably on my second kind of logo since I started. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and I'm self-employed, so I just work by myself, um, but try and link in with allied health professionals mm. to refer people um, backwards and forwards as required and mm. I try to stay really connected with um, people in the industry as well so yeah you're always learning and kind of having your your network as well because it can be a bit lonely when you first start out and you're like mm. oh um, yeah I'm just by myself trying to do this so yeah staying connected with other people in the industry has been real key key for me. Yeah. And I, one of the things that you did, I know you got yourself out of your comfort zone for that was being the ambassador for the uh, the Auckland PT Council, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nikki, I have uh, Nikki Williams. Thanks for that. Because I was trying to be like an assistant ambassador and just kind of help. And she's like, no, nah, yeah. there's no point doing that. So she kind of forced <laughs> me and kind of helped. And obviously, Nikki is so experienced. So I just yeah. learned a lot, lot from her yeah. and helped with my development of like public speaking and being a bit mm. more... Um, being a lot more confident around yep. my peers yeah yep. so yeah really valuable experience mm-hmm. absolutely and it's um it helps raise your profile as well so it's not about connection or not just about connection is it you know it's people going oh who's emma or what does she do you know and so you know people may see things that you do and be able to come pick your brains or make connections like you talked about you know when you're collaborating with with some of the people that you're doing so yeah it's always worth putting your hand up even if it gets you outside your comfort zone for a while isn't it yeah, 100%. Well, I did that for probably mm. four four years, I think, three and a half, four years. Oh, is that years. right? That led to a heap of opportunities with Exercise yeah. New Zealand and the chance to do some videos yes. and, yeah, just meet people and go to different venues. And people still contact me now about questions or I like and just refer people to the right places. So, yeah, no, it was, it was a definitely a very awesome. valuable experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, I stumbled across those videos when I was doing a little bit of homework on you and I thought, oh, that's right. I remember. And then it said, you know, there's um, episode one and episode two and there was a there was a series, right? Yeah, I think I was in one of them. I think there may have been a couple of different uh, people yeah. um, uh, video filmed or made yeah. videos with. Um, yeah, okay. I think Nikki Williams put me up for that one as well. So <laughs> <laughs> She's good at sort of giving a gentle a gentle nudge in the right direction, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, definitely. She's a star. Um, so, so in, in terms of total health and client, what's the sort of, um, I know you, you've, you've done some education around providing programs for the older generation, haven't you? And I noticed there's something, something about Parkinson's as well. Is there, can you fill me in? Yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's a moving kind of thing hmm. as, as businesses, I guess. Yeah. So I enjoyed working with seniors in Auckland. Um, though I'm going to kind of re- find a better word for seniors because I think that okay. word's a bit, yeah. I haven't. I haven't quite found it yet, but, um, and I did, uh, the functional aging institutes, um, right. aging specialist course. I've done a few different right. bits and pieces 
and a mm. few different Parkinson's courses with mm. um, PD Warrior and um, Exercise as Medicine. Mm. And when I came to Tauranga, I just, my first client had Parkinson's and then I met two other people with Parkinson's and the book I was reading just randomly had Parkinson's in it and then mm. there was a podcast. So I was like, oh, hang on. And then I've just, yeah, kind of jumped into that world. And it's a really, yeah, it's a just, there's a lot to learn about the, the disease or illness, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And everyone I've met has just been absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, it's just really interesting and it's a really hard thing for people to go through. And mm. everyone just seems, I don't know, it's just been a really lovely experience getting to know people and working out ways to help them um, through um, their illness. Yeah, yeah. So th- there's enough support out there for if people like you are wanting to help those types of clients, is there enough support out there that you can get the help you need to do a good job for those people? Um, so I did uh, a course called PD Warrior, which is a well-respected yeah. course um, taken by a lot of physios, really. Ah, okay. And then um, I've done a lot of like a, a lot of reading and then that exercise with medicine course. There's not mm. like a, a heap, but yeah. um, I've just gone like jumped in and just researching as much as I can. Yeah. And it's been great. It's been a slow process, but I've just finally got um, to do a class with Parkinson's New Zealand um, mm. in Tauranga. So that's massive. Mm. And it's also massive for a personal trainer because normally it's a physiotherapist kind of role. Yeah. Um, so I've done a fair bit of networking and showed my value to be yeah. able to do that. Yeah. And so that's been, yeah, a really nice great one. kind of experience. Nice one. Nice one. That's impressive. So I guess that will probably lead to more. Yeah. Hopefully, if so I do two um, Parkinson's-specific classes at the moment, yep. um, one for Parkinson's New Zealand and one at the gym where I'm based called Next Step yep. in the in the city. Um, yep. Yeah. So yeah, they're both they're both kind of for different, slightly different demographics. One's more seated, one's um, um, for people who are standing. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's different different um, exercises and methods in each one. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So obviously that spins your wheels. That's stuff you really enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah. Literally every week I'm just buying a new book on Parkinson's. Uh, I think people are becoming a bit obsessed. <laughs> you're gonna become you're gonna become the guru, right? You know, if you keep <laughs> if you keep that up, we're gonna be phoning you up and going, Hey, what do we do here? We're stuck. Yeah, well, it's the fastest growing neurological um disorder in the world. So it's really? uh it's not going away anytime soon. So yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, some of it's um uh just it's yeah, it's just lots of different layers and very interesting and it's probably something that we're all going to be impacted by in the future through someone we know or someone we know know, down the chain somewhere yeah um so that's kind of a side kind of not a side step but a side tangent to the seniors Mm. as well um and yeah i just like working with that age group really Mm. um and i don't really think of anyone as seniors now because you have like 85 year olds coming to your class and you're like oh they're not really a senior so (laughs) what you know what is a senior everyone's yeah. just trying to age well and yeah. enjoy life and be free of pain really so sure. i want to encourage that as much as i can yeah absolutely that's a great message is it so keeping keeping on that parkinson theme for a moment is it to pick your brains do, is is the evidence there clear enough now to say you know that there's a certain sort of uh lifestyle that takes you down could take you down that path i mean there's, there's been yeah, it's been attributed to sleep i know particularly in terms of um, you know, the good quality sleep because that deteriorates as we age, um, nutritional um, co- components as well, or, or, or could it be just a, a cluster of things? Um, do you, is there more that they, is the evidence there yet or? Uh, there's no like, like uh, one, five things cause Parkinson's. Yeah. There's no, yeah. no list, but there's different areas. So 
environmental seems to be a big factor so different agrochemicals that are used okay. and there's certain chemicals that have been um, mm. banned or being petitioned to be banned and that mm -hmm. seems to have an effect okay. um, something to do with the because the one of the first symptoms can be a loss of smell ah. so people can have that 10 years before their next symptom wow. so you, they just smell just slowly goes and then they haven't really noticed and then 10 years later they might notice another symptom so mm. they think it could be linked to like the olfactory um, system yep. and um, also there's new testing which is looking at gut microbiome as well and how it could start in the okay. gut okay yeah yeah so and things like if you've had lots of traumatic brain injury um, that can also influence it as well mm. but there's lots mm. of research into women and maybe different stages of our hormonal cycles so mm. perimenopause or pregnancy is there something that sparks it off there as well right, right. It's, there's just heavy on the research but no like set yeah. set reasons as, as of yet okay okay interesting and, and you talked about microbiome there and that's something i know that you're interested in in terms of sort of you know nutritional health and um eating well and you know disorders and all those sorts of things that's that's something that um is, is as important as as the 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 parkinson's and the, the older generation to you yeah i kind of recently kind of reworded what i do really so mm. i kind of think movement for all mm -hmm. um and then your seniors and then parkinson's and then uh, those with um, a disordered relationship to food ah, so yeah. um i'm trying to kind of simplify it so i can get tell people what i actually do because sometimes yeah. i can it's a bit confusing to get your message across so yeah. they're four things that i enjoy doing so sure. that's the four type of clients that i want to yeah. want to work with. yeah yeah do you get many of those sorts of clients the disordered eating is, is that a common thing yeah, yeah yeah i think yeah i think everyone has some yeah most people have some some form of um disordered eating yeah um, and it ranges from just stuffing your face on the weekends to <laughs> or christmas um yeah to, you know more serious um disorders so yeah i really mm -hmm. do like like working with those people because it's something i've um, had problems with my whole life so again right. it's um good to recognize um symptoms and things that are happening with other people and then try and try and change um their outlook on themselves mm. and on the way they they eat mm -hmm. yeah complex com complex subject again a bit <laughs> complex like like parkinson's as well you know they're all they're quite intricate aren't they because you know there's there's different things that that um impact different people in different ways so there's never one path in there's always there's always different reasons different routes as to why people are at where they're at aren't they so i guess what what's your technique is it, what how do you get to the bottom how do you find the the, the solutions or, or is it about sort of helping people find it for themselves what what's your technique um, this is a one solution like let's say we've let's say, talk about disordered mm -hmm. eating it's kind of really looking at a range a range of different things lots of people are stuck in the whole diet culture and yeah. they just have so much misinformation in their in their head that they just can't they just can't work it out mm. um so just trying to get people just to which is you know something i'm trying to do myself is to yep. find a way of eating healthily for life yeah. um which nourish, nourishes you but gives you a chance to eat some of those maybe less nourishing foods that you enjoy yep. so just but trying to get rid of that concept of dieting and that mm. binge mm. Um, binge strict cycle things like that mm. but um as you know as well it's got nothing to do really with the body or it's all just comes from here right so yeah, yeah. you have to find a way into someone's brain and their behaviors and their experiences to kind of unpick that 
Mm-hmm. Do you feel, do you, do you find that um, some clients aren't prepared to hang on long enough for you to get to the point where you found the solution? Yes, totally. And then mm. some people don't want to go that far. They just want no. to come to the gym and work out. And yep. so they're probably people that won't stay with me because I've, I'm, you know, there's no point keep doing, you know, your squats or whatever if you're not addressing the, yeah. you know, the yeah. binge eating or the yeah. illness or whatever it is. So, yes, yeah, and those people just find someone else to work with, right? Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. That's, that's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's when they're ready to 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 confront it, talk about it, or or address it, isn't it? You know, you you can't force those issues. It's a matter of uh, meeting them where they're at and and just <laughs> holding their hand until they're ready. I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess some people just want to work out without talking about their yeah. feelings. So <laughs> there's, other, <laughs> there's other places they can um, they can True. do that. But for me, I think it's really about for, for me just building those personal relationships where people feel safe mm. to to give you those little and I'm not talking about first session we're crying and hugging yeah, each other yeah. but slowly, slowly over time they kind of you're kind of pulling down those barriers and yeah. I you know feed them some of my things so you just kind of work up you just develop that relationship yeah. over time really yeah where you trust each other and yeah. um, they know they're in a safe space to mm, kind mm. of discuss and change and work on their things as well yeah 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 yeah, I think that's good. That's good. So, uh, what would you put some successes down to? What would you say have have worked for you in terms of um, you know getting into the industry? Um, obviously, hard work at the beginning. You talked about you know that that balance not being there, but over time you've you've developed that. What what would be some key um, key messages that you could pass on that, that have worked for you, and you think you know other people might sort of resonate with? Yeah, um, I think in the beginning when I started, because I came from a different industry, definitely keeping that job while you set up um, until it got to the point where I was doing everything badly and then I just (laughs) jumped ship. But yeah, having that safety net financially and a bit of security and structure while you set up was um, really, really helpful. Okay. And then really just surrounding myself with really good people. Mm. Um, James and Caleb were always a big help from the gym and then people like yourself and Nikki yep. and Jin and Dave yep. and JP, all yep. Korean, yep. Yep. Um, all those people who, you know, you kind of look up to and learn from and have a bit more experience than you so you can go and have a chat to them or even a yeah. simple message. Um, mm. So connection is probably super important. Mm. And I think just, you know, you're going to mess up, you're going to do things wrong, you, you're, you know, your post is going to look rubbish. But just, um, <laughs> I always remember James, kind of a bit of, of the perfectionist and uh, James is like if it's 70% done it's done so yeah. just get it out there nice you might strive for and you might get to 85 90% sometimes but yeah. if you're always striving for the 100 you're never actually producing anything mm. um and mm. I think that's that really resonated for me mm-hmm. great advice James was on the money and I've heard 70% is the exact number as well <laughs> I was listening, <laughs> listening to a podcast actually I don't know if you've heard it ish ish um at uh, Les Mills does a podcast with um, Sasha Coburn. Um, okay, called, no, I haven't listened to that yeah, one. Yeah, called the Not So Breakfast Show, and they actually talked about that, I think, the second time today, and it's the whole, you know, 70% done, right? You're not 100% done. Get it yeah. out there, get it out the door, and something that resonated with me because I was, I was reading about the iPhone 1 back in 2007, and it was, you know, um, how much um, Steve Jobs was a, a real perfectionist and, you know, everything had to be amazingly perfect, even the inside of the computer. And that first iPhone had no copy and paste function. So, you know, you, you had to type everything. So they, they shipped those iPhones, you know, and 
you know, it didn't do everything it, you'd probably expect it to do because copy and paste was a thing. Pretty basic, yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't in that iPhone. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's good advice. And I think um, I've got the same thing as you probably had then was, you know, it's got to be right, it's got to be right, it's got to be right. And you spend so much time trying to get it right rather than getting it out the door that you miss yeah. the opportunity sometimes. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. That's really good. Yeah. Um, um, what else you got? What else I got? Um, yeah, just be willing to, you know, make mistakes. And, you mm. know, if, if you don't know something or you kind of mess up or just don't give out misinformation, find out for people. Right. Um, and just be willing to make mistakes or, you know, do a crappy podcast with someone or um, <laughs> public speaking gigs you, yeah. you have to kind of put yourself out there yeah. and um get out of your comfort zone a wee bit yeah. which is basic kind of yeah yeah, um, yeah. development stuff and you've done that a few times now you know we've already covered a few of the times that you've done that it, it gets easier right uh no? uh yeah i think it's better than, i think it's better in person than online I just did one at the Rotary recently and it was the first one in person in a room full of people I've done Brilliant. for a while. And that yeah. was good because I could move, I don't know, I just it felt a bit more natural than just being on, on screen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, you just have to keep doing it, right? You do. No one cares. No one really minds if you slip up as well. It's just no. um, the pressure you put on no. yourself. No, everybody's at the beginning, at, certainly at the beginning, everybody's on your side. You can alienate them, but at least they're all on your side. So if you can keep them on your side, then you, you'll be okay. Yeah, you're right. And the other thing, when you're talking, when you're presenting, they don't know what you haven't said. So, because yeah. I always used to walk away going, oh, I forgot this and I forgot this and I forgot this. They don't know I forgot that, but I always marked myself down like, oh no, that's only a six out of 10, you know, <laughs> yeah. so much room for improvement, but that's such good learning. Cause you kind of go, okay, why did I forget that stuff? Why, what, what was it that meant? It was it the nerves, was it preparation? You know, it makes you analyze and it helps you get better. So yeah. yeah. You still find public speaking nerve wracking yourself because you've been doing a fair bit of it as well. Yeah. Um, it's getting better. <laughs> it's getting better. I, I, I always go back to the, the first time I was on a, like the first on, on a big stage with a, with a big audience and I hadn't been on there before. And one of the biggest pieces of advice is always go and stand on the stage before you have to, because, oh, yeah, because the, 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 it's visceral, the, the, the feeling of being up there and having to then deliver, if you haven't felt that before can be, can be nerve wracking. And it really was, and it didn't go as well as I wanted it to go. I was really, really disappointed, but also the topic I chose was by, I didn't choose the topic. Sorry. The topic I gave was chosen by someone else. And again, you should, okay. never, you should never let someone else choose your topic. So there were a few things going against me, but I guess it was a massive learning opportunity to come away and go, right, don't do this, 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 this again, because it just didn't go well. It went yep. average. Yep. Yeah. So yep. yeah, it's, it yep. is, it is always good learning what, you know, so, so you'll be doing more of those, I presume. So I keep trying to put myself out there. I think yeah. another thing I learned is just not trying to, I used to write down the whole speech on your little card, yeah. but now I just actually, sometimes I'm actually better when I kind of don't prepare as much um, and just write yeah. down keywords and then you can just kind of, yeah, it just yes. flows better. So that's yes. a, um, something I've learned as well. I agree. I think as long as you hit your key points, how you do it within a, within reason doesn't actually matter because it's about getting the message across and you're more relaxed. So you're probably going to do it better. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's in theory anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think it does over time. It certainly um, it gets better for sure. Yeah. Any questions I haven't asked? Because I um, I I always get to the end and sort of think, oh, I don't know, did I miss anything? So, any question I didn't ask or something that you wanted to share? Um, 
coming up. Okay. I think it's covered the four things, yeah. four areas I like to cover. Yeah, um, yeah no, I think. Cool. Lovely jubbly. Good. All right. Lovely jubbly. <laughs> Really good to catch up. Thanks so much for your time. It's been uh, it's been great uh, catching up with you because I haven't seen you for ages and um, I missed you last time I was in Tauranga. But I'm again I'm down in July, so I'll okay, try and try and catch up when I'm down in July. Okay, yeah. sounds good. Rick. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for your time and see you soon. Cool. Thanks, Rich. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the PT Graduate. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a five-star rating and hit the subscribe button. And I'd love it for you to share with your friends and colleagues so they can listen too. Cheers for now.